You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar. And what a week it has been. Yes, Ben, what do you get the man who has everything. Well, you could get them some candy. You could get them. You could give them a hug, perhaps some maybe a maybe a kiss on the cheek. A prolonged stay at the Walter Reed Medical Center. Walter Reed, complete with COVID nineteen cutting edge bacterial viral infection. Well, I've heard that remdesivir. Great remdesivir. Remdesivir. And I think the other cocktail they gave him was called. Regeneron, which sounds completely okay. made well, up. Well, it'll it's gonna help with the erection. I have no idea what it does. Donald Trump has contracted COVID nineteen. We're gonna talk about what does this mean for the country. What does it mean for the military? What does it mean for Mike Pence? Is he getting called up into the big leagues? He's out there pitching right now, just getting ready in the bullpen. Is he going to be on the pitcher's mound? Pitching for the United States of America. We're going to talk about what does it mean for Donald Trump and his election uh, with the, with the re-election. Is he going to continue at full steam after all of this is done? Who the hell knows what's going to happen? So there's a lot to unpack. But first, and of, of course, we're also going to talk about the debate. And we're going to talk about taxes, and we're also going to talk about voter suppression again. There's a lot to get to. Put your neck price on. This entire thing is going to be, um, oh, I don't know, something of a train wreck. Yeah, absolutely. So how did Donald Trump or what was Donald Trump doing just before he announced to the world that he had COVID-19, Travis? Well, earlier in the day, it looks like he was back in Bedminster, New Jersey. Bedminster. His favorite place to golf. Well, that's also a great place for the dog shows. That's right. Yes. Uh, And he was hosting a buffet dinner. With a hundred of his closest friends, really, who a also have, dinner. who also happen to pay about three thousand dollars a plate to get to this buffet dinner. That's some good roast beef. But yeah, so he hung out with a hundred of his closest <laughs> donors. Uh-huh. Uh, and why the buffet dinner? Why the buff? Well, it's it is the 
it I mean, is the exact wrong thing to do in a pan- pandemic, which is right. to go to a buffet. Well, I was talking about this with Henry Zabrowski. Those sneeze guards have been lying to us for a long time. They've never stopped any sneezes whatsoever. They're just in there uh, to get in the way so you can't get to the brownies or the proper amount of cheese. If you want to get to the good stuff, it's always in the middle of the buffet, and those sneeze guards are stopping you from getting there. That's the conspiracy here, folks, that we need to talk about. They're trying to protect their good cheese, assuming people are just going to go to the outer cheese. I always fight my way through the through the sneeze guard and i get to the good cheese if i am donald trump if i'm his administration uh, i would say perhaps this would be a good dinner to have individual plates yes yes you're you're you would make a great buffet advisor to the president one day <laughs> i really but according would to abc news uh the the guests were flabbergasted later that night to learn that they had spent a buffet dinner with a man who had contracted the virus. Flabbergasted indeed. They said he looked funny and um, and, and, and in good spirits. So All why right. would he have it? Well, we're going to talk about what does this mean to Mike Pence. Uh, how many times has the Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution's 25th Amendment uh, been implemented? Of course, this uh, was adopted in 1967. That is Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution's 25th Amendment adopted in 1967 following the 1963 assassination of President John Kennedy. So we're going to talk about how many times this has been uh, utilized and uh, how many vice presidents have been uh, forced to take on the big boy hat and become president of the United States. I do want to say when it comes to people celebrating the Donald, the news about Donald Trump. Okay. So I have some friends <laughs> who are a bit upset that people seem to be gleeful. And I want to just say this. First of all, you're allowed to have whatever feelings you have. That is well within your First Amendment right. I don't believe you're allowed to wish the president dead. You will get your Twitter account suspended, which is a fate worse than death. By the way, you will not get suspended on Facebook if you threaten to, if you uh, if you hope for his death, as long as you don't tag him in the post. That's the, that is the actual Facebook policy. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Once again, you're the hero this world <laughs> needs, uh, and dare I say, doesn't deserve. The reason that people are... Um, finding this information to be humorous is because of Donald Trump's tone and rhetoric throughout the four years that he has been yeah. running for president and being president. What so do you, I, what do you expect? This is a man who just recently, and again, I don't, I, I didn't take to Twitter to be like, lol, raffle. I didn't do that. I think it is a little classless to be honest with you. But the reason that it's happening is because we have a president news just recently broke that would have undermined any other president's uh, total administration when he looked at the graves of dead soldiers and said, who would do that? Who would die for this country? Who would die for a country? What idiot would go do that, treating these uh, deceased heroes as if they were stooges so stupid uh, to be brainwashed by the United States government to the point that it cost them their lives? This is also a person who said that he didn't like soldier. He did not like soldiers who were caught. Uh, He did not like. He just uh, he he time and time and time again he has lambasted and mocked the people who are. not just not just folks who like did the right thing, yeah. such as again John McCain. We can say he was too hawkish, and he was. But once you're held captive for five years, I kind of allow you to be a little bit more hawkish than uh, than someone who wasn't. 
So that is the humor. That's the irony is that he was so bombastic about the mask. And this is, of course, coming right off the heels of the debate where he was openly mocking Joe Biden for wearing a mask. While and, and, having know, the virus. While having the virus. Of course, he was late this for the debate is because technically he didn't want to get the funniest thing that has ever happened. So technically. That, so just from a humor standpoint, I have one friend. Who was in a group? Te- uh, who was in a group uh, text chain? And he was like, "People don't make fun of. It's not right. You guys are sounding like the Republicans. You guys shouldn't be mean to him right now." And I actually think that's a very sympathetic and that's a very sweet point of view. And then he got called a white supremacist. And then he called me and was like, "Why are they so mean to me?" Don't d- He's well, not a white well, here's supremacist. His, here's the problem: he took but- it to his group chat and not Twitter. Like <laughs> Twitter is where this this like you either pick a side and you throw it on there. You don't do it in the group chat. I suppose. Sorry. Mike, you don't I, you don't throw that kind of sentiment in a group chat unless you want to get flambéed. I suppose, but just from a humor standpoint, you know that's the reason that people are laughing. It's just because of who what he set up, and then as the dominoes fall, it is creating uh, you know a, a bit of a cascade of laughter amongst some people who thought his response to COVID was not up to snuff. Okay, well if you if if you are somebody who says this is not funny, there is one thing I think about this. Well, that Ben you- Shapiro tweeted out immediately, not to even mention that little douchebag's name but he was like "Mm, can't wait for the sympathetic left to be all nice and it's like oh facts don't care about your feelings ben which doesn't make any sense because there's no one more emotional yeah he deploys all that like sentimental shit whenever he needs to yes whenever he's a tough guy he's a tough big he's a tough guy i think you have to agree just it's just funny and there's like politics aside all of the articles describing trump's condition as being positive with uh, uh, positively diagnosed with covid have to include the fact that he has two comorbidities and it is it is abc news it is all it is all these news sources saying trump is obese they do say he's obese but i'm actually sympathetic to that he has a huge festering ass and that might kill him (laughs) that is so funny to me that all of these news sources have to basically call you think the butt's gonna do him in trump they're calling trump a fat guy and that's gonna kill him and that is hilarious to me that all these all these reporters have They're to say this digs. with a straight face his comorbidity which is you obesity. know he's not that fat now i have to feel like because as someone who we deal with our bodies in different ways he's not that fat but yes i understand he's 74 this is extremely dangerous for him and again just explaining why <laughs> the abundance of joy uh, seemed to uh, spring up all over social media. The needless deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans. We can laugh. We can find this this dramatic irony very enjoyable. And it might be the only moment of joy we have before um, another four years of a, a virus infected. Uh, fascist being president. What's even more interesting than the humor that, of course, we kind of suspected if he was going to get COVID. Like this was the reaction everyone sort of saw coming. Look, I let out a huge teehee. I I I, I know you you are. And that you're might allowed. make you're me allowed. classless, but guess what? Is the only it is the one thing I it's I don't have a lot of things to put in my smile file. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that tweet from oh. him. And by the way, it is his most liked tweet. Him getting COVID. Well, 1.5 million likes. Strangely enough, it was also a very human tweet. He seemed to uh, almost Which be an why, empathetic Which is why people being. don't think that he actually tweeted it. Well, this is an interesting turn of events as well when it comes to conspiracy thought. 
There's also a large contingency of people who believe he doesn't have COVID. Yes. Of course, that is coming from the bloviating <laughs> uh, just bubble man that is Michael Moore, who I have no idea why he is still on television. I don't know why anyone listens to him. I think he's been proven time and time again to be a huckster and a fraudster. Perhaps he and Donald Trump are friends for that reason. I don't know. But he said he doesn't think Donald Trump actually has it. He thinks that Donald Trump is trying to get out of the debate with Joe Biden. Of course, that was this past Tuesday, which seems like this past century. Yes. That is one of the dumbest things I have ever heard in my the, entire life. The, the people the, who are sending me messages that are saying it's a hoax. Why There's, would he do this? Why would he make do it, that? Okay, so why would he? Why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he make this a hoax? This undermines his entire year. The whole getting COVID undermines every single it thing he has been rug, saying since yeah, it February. Pulls the rug out from beneath what he's been saying for the past year. It also makes him look like a beta. <laughs> yeah. And in a world where douchebags use terms like alpha and beta, getting COVID makes you look weak. This is not at all in the favor of the president. This makes him look completely foolish. And this solidifies in the minds of millions and millions of people who already knew that he was acting irrationally and irresponsibly and dangerously to this country because he is the president. And again, we're going to talk about some uh, some of the military aspects of the president going down it is definitely a scary thing. Right. I mean, this leaves our entire country vulnerable for attack. This leads our uh, adversaries. Speaking of laughing, I think that probably Ayatollah Khomeini laughed more than Chelsea Handler, uh, which if, if that's even possible. Again, speaking of classless, I do think when the super wealthy like Chelsea Handler, like do their things, I just I don't know. I found it to be tasteless, but that's just me. Um this is serious on so many levels. And for Donald Trump to fake COVID would be the single <laughs> dumbest thing that has ever happened. The Walter Reed Hospital doctors, yeah. do you think that they're in on they're it? They're in on it. You would have to be almost Sandy Hook level of uh, of um, grievance actors. What do they call those people? Uh, crisis, crisis, crisis actors. actors. You would only, then you would have to. So Michael Moore, in his theory that this is all fake, would then have to believe that crisis actors have been implanted into Walter Reed Hospital to take fake blood samples of the president as he lies in a bed and pretends to be sick like he's Andy Kaufman fighting Jerry Lawler after he got a pile driver and laid in the hospital bed for three days because Andy Kaufman is truly a great performer. Yeah. It is not a hoax. So this is the problem. We yeah. were talking about this on last week's episode when it comes to believing the vote, for example, mm -hmm. we can't even believe on reality. And the reality is Donald Trump, Hope Hicks, Kellyanne Conway, Chris Christie, my big donut loving man. <laughs> yeah. They have COVID. Yeah. Like, think about what is the more plausible explanation. And 99.9% well, .9 of the time, it's that. Yeah. Well, think, okay. So is Trump, what is more likely? Trump pretends to have. A virus that makes right. him look weak uh -huh. and like a failure a and month a liar. Out before an election. A month out before election. So he can't do campaigns. Or what he loves to do. Is it more likely that Trump had the virus and was trying to actually assassinate Joe Biden on the <laughs> debate stage by giving it to him? Well, now that is possible, and perhaps why Donald but, Trump uh, inter you know uh, interrupted Biden. So I will much. also say, can you? Are you surprised though that people have this 
this conspiracy theory though no. because they've been lied they, to for four years straight like but he has they, lied to our faces yes. so much and for him to say something you um, automatically think the opposite but you have to also have critical thinking skills no i agree just but because I, but he's I also been lied I, I i sympathize with the um the immediate knee-jerk reflex which is to not believe the th- the thing that he is saying is the 180 opposite of that right i understand and that is Really, the entire point of why Donald Trump throws out so much misinformation, he is the horoscope of political ideology. I've mentioned this before. You can pick and choose whatever you want, like a buffet from his <laughs> like political a sick, disgusting, virus ridden. <laughs> right. You'd be like, oh, I, I'm hawkish on immigration and I don't like war, um, but I also really love billionaires and I don't want to tax them. So there you go. That's my plate. Uh, oh, I really, I, I'm definitely, I definitely uh, think that we should get transgenders out of the military. I'll put that on my plate. And I also really believe that education should not be uh, a federal government issue. Let's put that on our plate. He does it all, and of course, some of those things you could make a strong argument. He outflanked Hillary Clinton to the left on foreign policy, which is what he's trying to do. With Joe Biden, I don't think it's sticking nearly as well with Joe Biden. Going back briefly to that debate where Donald Trump was spitting actively on Joe Biden, perhaps it, attempting to murder him. Yeah, it was like Dr. <laughs> Jekyll debating Mr. Hyde. There was one moment in the debate where Donald Trump ironically mentions how no one's gotten sick at any of his rallies. Of <laughs> course, what happened, this was during the celebration uh, this is when it's presumed that most of his staffers and most of the people in his administration got sick. It was during the September 27th, I believe 27th, 26th celebration of Amy Coney Barrett. Of course, that is the Supreme Court nominee, which apparently that is still going forward. Lindsey Graham has promised the hearings are going to continue on. There is so much stuff layered on so much stuff here. It really is difficult to put it all into focus and all into perspective. But at one point during the debate, Joe Biden is like, you're not being safe during your rallies. Donald Trump literally said nobody's gotten sick. And at that point, I really do wish that Herman Cain yes. could have descended from the heavens and sang, imagine there's no pizza or, or in the, a white robe. At the very least, his corpse falls from the rafters, <laughs> lands with a thud on the what stage. What in the world? Is that, Who's is that Owen Hart? No, it's I a don't sad joke. Anyway. So, Owen Hart, yes. Yeah. Owen Hart, RIP. RIP. But, uh, so uh, don't, but, but just lastly on that, yeah. just if I, I, this is obviously, this is just Travis and my perspective. I believe this is both of our perspective. This is not a hoax. No, Donald no, Trump has COVID. Uh, the doctors are not doctors are not notoriously good actors. As a matter of fact, they're very mean because they tell you the truth and they're like, you're fat. You got to lose weight. And I say, you could have lied. You could have buttered it up a little bit. But I guess that's why I'm here in the first place. Right. I buttered it up too much. So Donald Trump has COVID. We have to agree on certain set of sta- we have to agree on a certain standard of reality. Yes. And that is. Without a doubt, the case. They don't do this stuff totally, unless he has COVID. I totally understand the like abuse. But when Michael Moore does it, it does seem, yeah. you know, it's funny. I was t- talking about the Stephen Greer documentary, um, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is a really cool little mm. a, uh, alien documentary. And Stephen Greer, he's very optimistic about aliens. He's like, they're peaceful. They want to come. They're going to love us. If they wanted to destroy us, they could have destroyed us. And Henry is like, he's a stooge. He works for the CIA. <laughs> I begin, now I'm in conspiracy thought myself here, but I'm beginning to think something is going on with Michael Moore. Yes. He has been on the wrong side of every conversation 
I'm going to say since Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. He has been so ridiculously His- off. I do- and it's almost like who is paying the food bill? Who is paying this man? Where does he get his money? Well, I really was, don't know. I mean, honestly, that was the big question that was going around when he released that uh, climate change documentary recently. Which I don't even understand. So what is the climate change Michael Moore documentary? Uh, I'm actually forgetting the name right now, but it was pulled off of YouTube because he, he was the executive producer of this um, this documentary that basically the claim was uh, green, sort of green new energy suppliers okay. and um, supporters are actually harming the world more than say your oil companies or your fossil fuel industries because the wind turbine people and okay. everyone in that kind of world they were doing so little with these uh, with these new sources of energy right. that it actually was more of a hindrance to progress. But what about all the solar and stuff? They're making massive adv- advancements with solar energy. Well, that's correct. <laughs> that's why the documentary was like Weird. Crazy because okay. uh, because he's using he is, also so used, is he getting he used, paid um, by big oil now. That's well, that was the big question. That was like, what is going oh. on with this guy? If he's if he's putting his name as a stamp on this documentary, and you know, it turns out that uh, a lot of the footage they used were were like a decade old. So all that stuff, like huh. you said, is way more advanced now. Um, so to use it seems very disingenuous oh. uh, or like mistake. You're you know you know stupid or wrongheaded about it interesting um well and i don't don't, uh you know i understand the need for oil i just wish all of these massive oil pipelines would go through the backyards of the wealthy. can i just say the other reaction though to trump's covid diagnosis that i did not you know you say outright laughing at his situation can be a little classless Mm. i think the opposite of that is very tacky too sure sure the 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 same people who have been telling us that Trump is a Russian puppet, yes. that he is dismantling the country bit by bit, are How now, we, are now you, getting him a get well soon card on right. air. On You know, you have Rachel Maddow de- uh, devoting an hour of time to basically saying, pray for Trump's health. Right. And then you have Hillary Clinton saying like, this, this thing's bigger than all of us. We need to unify together now, and, and, and saying, that- you know, like, Trump, I hope you get well. Literally saying, I hope you get well soon. But I thought that Joe Biden and Barack Obama's response and Hillary's, I liked that from leadership. I'm The leadership, I don't have a problem with doing that because that's how adults are supposed to act. Sure. Yes, Chelsea Handler and all of the other whatever you want to call them, I guess, celebrities, they can react however they want. They're comedians. They're not on the pedestal. I actually thought that that was a, a really respectful way to uh, show the American people what we can do again, which is just have a small amount of class. So from the political class, I actually think they handled it well. For political stuff, I think, sure. But I think to me and maybe to some other people, it spoke to the this notion that, oh, right, politics is all just... um they're just it's kayfabe like it really does feel like that when somebody you actually think is is a an existential threat to this country is actually reap they're reaping what they sow and your response is like oh no like well, this guy's if this guy's an actual enemy to the state if this guy's an actual threat to our country and if you actually believe that then you don't have to put on that that little the the presidential or the the political top hat of it all. Well, you could I think just that, say nothing. That is also um, because you that's know that's also a testament to these. These are the same ghouls who tap danced on on Ruth Bader Ginsburg's grave as soon as she died. <laughs> they were like so happy, and this guy just gets a like cold like symptoms and uh, something that hundreds of thousands of other people in this country had. Right. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with people laughing at him. 
Um, right. But there, well, I think from there the, is like this, but again, like, from the, the, the political, high road, the high road is so tacky sometimes. But that to me was a breath of fresh air. I understand. Just to have anyone in leadership have any kind of class, I thought was the proper response because they also know that they know the politics of this. They know how bad this looks for Donald Trump. This isn't going to garner him any sympathy. This only makes him look weak. This takes him off the campaign trail for the two weeks, uh, two crucial weeks going into the election. He loves to be around his crowds. Also, the people that showed up at all of his rallies. Now that it's like a boss battle where you got into phase two, where he's morphing into like (laughs) his head is becoming detached and it's going to be a long neck and his arms are going to turn into octopus. His His final form. His final form. But the people now that went to those rallies, if Herman Cain wasn't a wake-up call, this will be a wake-up call. And there's going to be people that do feel betrayed. By there's, him saying by it's him not real saying and, it's then not real, and then you show yeah, up. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, which is why it's like, so, that's not a hoax. Because he would never let that happen if he no, had control over it. It is, it is absolutely. in his mind, he had control over it. It's absolutely not a hoax. But I, I will say this, again, with the respectability stuff. I understand wanting a kind of breather from like actual open hostility. Uh but at the same time, these do have political um, effects in the real world yeah. because Biden suspends all of his his campaign ads. Well, he suspended all of his negative ads. And then what was Trump's campaign response? Well, they didn't do anything. Keeping the same thing. Go- like, what is the point? It reminds me a little bit. You're just because what if that does actually affect something? What if pulling your negative campaigning makes that makes the you know a couple hundred, couple thousand people forget to vote? And like, and for what? For, I don't for know. For somebody they're, to say like he was respectable taking, to the guy that beat him. They're just taking away the negative ads. They're, it's not, they're, they're not taking away the ad time or the ad but space. But you know what I'm saying. I, no, I think there's, I know, there's real actual effects that happen when you try to do this high road shit that it might actually be debilitating in some ways you don't even see. I think that they are on to phase two anyway with the Biden campaign, the reintroduction after he won the debate. Um, well, that's what most of the polling data says. He won the debate. And then the other polling data is that it was a total shit show and the American people were dumber because they watched it. This might just be phase two reintroduction, like reminding people civility. And I think that's the kind of road that they're taking. I think it'll resonate in the suburbs and in resonate in those places that went Obama Trump, which happened. There was a lot of places that went Hillary Romney. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to resonate with the with the vote I hope so. uh, of people with with the voters that, that just want to get some result. civility back. But yes, obviously these things they always have unintended consequences. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today 
But so Trump tested positive for COVID-19. It was this past Friday. So let's talk a little bit about Mike Pence, what his role will be if he would become acting president. So it's the 25th Amendment. Uh, It is Section 3 of the 25th Amendment. As I said, it came about in 1967, following the 1963 assassination of President uh, John Kennedy. There have been three precedents for Section 3. One of them occurred on July 13th, 1985, when President Ronald Reagan elected to have a precancerous lesion removed after it was discovered during a colonoscopy. He was having his butthole searched there. Well, Uh, He signed a letter. And while not specifically invoking Section 3, said he was mindful of its provisions. So why did he sign a letter? Because literally, that's how this works. So if Donald Trump (coughs) really doesn't feel good, he can sign a letter and he will say, I can't do it. I can't go on. I'm out. I'm out. And then Mike Pence says, I'm in, like a tag team. And then Mike Pence says, I'm the president now. Mother, it's my turn. Mother, it's my turn, mother. And he's talking to his wife. And then Donald Trump, he says, oh, I feel better now. Then he's then he writes another little note and says, I'm back in. And then Mike Pence says, mother, I'm coming home. Mother, I had a great I had a great day at president school today. Yes. So that literally is the simplicity of the Section three under the 25th Amendment. The president writes down, I'm out. And then if he recovers or she recovers. Well, then they say, I'm in. And then that's it. But I bet the thing that Trump signs will say, like, Pence, fuck you, run the country until I get better. Like, it's going to be because he has such disdain for for Mike Pence, I think. he Apparently, he, like, uh, makes fun of him all the time for being a yokel. I'm sure that he does. And, of course, we have the vice presidential debates coming up uh, next week or this week. And you're saying you think he's going to be... Okay. Mike Pence is a really a good master de- debater. He is a master debater. Uh, he probably is not an actual master debater, though. No, I, I do not. think that he's scared of his own penis. I think he has. A I have a feeling he puts. Uh, yeah, I think he puts like a condom on to shower. <laughs> I just feel like he's one of those guys because he's probably got a whole series of really dark fantasies that he doesn't want to unleash onto the world on yeah. account that they're felonies. And it comes out as. Uh uh, pro-life legislation. It could be. So uh, Section 3 was invoked when, uh, as I said earlier, Ronald Reagan in 1985, he went to get a precancerous lesion removed during a, after a colonoscopy. So George H.W. Bush was acting president for nearly eight hours. Well, that was a pretty long that surgery. Must have been it fun. A, must have been a big uh, precancerous lesion there. So he was president from 1128 a.m. until 722 p.m. And then that begs the question, what do you do? Because then you're just like Richie Rich. You can put your feet up. You can hang out at the, I forget what they call the desk. It's like the desk of Inquisition or something. Um, it's some, they have some fun name for it. I would. Uh, but you can, you have eight hours. You're the president. I mean, start a war. Have a little fun with I, it. I pardon Charles Manson. Ooh. He, he just rides away in a dune buggy. Were they federal charges? They must have been. Sure. On June 29th, 2002, George W. Bush, a lot of people might think the 25th Amendment, uh, Section 3, was invoked after 9-11, but that was not. Uh, Dick Cheney was basically acting president. Um, of course, That's the George Oliver w. Stone Bush. take on it, but yeah. I mean, you know, he was the one who was in the White House. George W. Bush was being shipped all around and those kinds of things. Um, but he was still officially the president. Yes. It never, like, he didn't write the note. He literally just didn't write a note. So he got to still be president, but I would be funny to see him in that kindergarten class, like writing in crown, like crayon. Cheney, please, Cheney, you're president now. <laughs> June 29th, two thousand two, President George W. Bush. It wasn't nine eleven that made him invoke uh, Section three. Uh, he had a colonoscopy. 
So colonoscopies, you're going to notice here. That seems to be the thing, right? It is. There's a lot going on with the butt. And apparently there's fecal replacement surgeries happening now, which oh, is God, true. Don't... And I'm not going to talk about that. But here. I mean, I, that it's no surprise that these men have these colonoscopies gone awry because it's are just they, like they most presidents are just 70 years of like half digested steak in a colon <laughs> oh. surrounded by bone and meat and, and, and flesh. Very nice. It's just it's just seventy years worth of steak that turns into a cancerous star. So Dick Cheney was vice, of course, uh, was vice president, but he became president before uh, the colonoscopy. And Cheney was acting president from seven o nine a.m. to nine twenty four a.m. And we know what can happen within those hours of the day. So thankfully, no other acts of terrorism <laughs> occurred. And on July twenty first, which is my birthday, yeah, July twenty first, two thousand seven, Bush again invoked Section three before going. To have what? Another colonoscopy. <laughs> so Cheney was acting president from six from seven sixteen a.m. to nine twenty one a.m. So it seems like the colonoscopies they they have a fairly steady range and, of how long it takes to scoop it out. I guess you know. And Trump is a he's like a standards breaker, right? He like all the conventions he breaks yeah. and all the normal things of being a president. He's breaking yet another yeah convention by go by maybe invoking this amendment because of a virus that he helped propagate <laughs> instead of a colonoscopy. Oh, well, get a colonoscopy while you're there, POTUS. Just have a little fun yeah, with he it, should, I'm sure. You should get a tune-up. You know, imagine the, the, the burger poops that's in there. <laughs> so not just Section 3. So Section 3 is when the president says, hey, I'm out. I'm back in. Okay. But there's also Section 4. Now, Section 4 can be invoked uh, if cabinet officials or, quote, such other body as Congress may may by law provide can inform leaders in the two houses of Congress that the president is, quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. So this is more of a power grab by the cabinet being like, I'm sorry, dude, like, I know you want to come back in the game, but you are broken. You will not be wrestling anymore today. In such a case, the vice president takes over as acting president, and the president resumes office after informing the same two congressional leaders that, quote, that no inability exists. So he would have to go grovel in front of the uh, Congress and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, (laughs) If two-thirds of the members of the House of Representatives and of the Senate vote in their respective chambers that the president is unable to discharge the duties of office, the vice president remains acting president until the next scheduled presidential election. So uh, so Section 3, the president willfully gives up uh, uh, control Uh, Of course, he can get it back by simply doing the exact same thing, writing it down on a piece of paper. And section four is when Congress and his cabinet says the dude can't cut it anymore and uh, we need to step in. So we'll see if either of those are are, are implemented. I don't believe that Donald Trump's cabinet. The irony is as soon as he's out of the room. Their loyalty goes with him. Absolutely. Well, and most of his cabinet now has (laughs) COVID-19. Right. So... Uh, <laughs> another, but a, a weird thing about that would be that we've already seen that they are ready and willing to lie about the status of Trump's health. Sure. They, now that they, I agree with. Now yeah. I understand the weekend at Bernie's or the, obviously there's so many funny do- jokes on Twitter about the movie, Dave. <laughs> Oh, it was funny. Hey, some people haven't seen those tweets and they're enjoying them like they're fresh uh, right out of oh the bakery. Oh my God, that's just so funny on Twitter. Um, 
That I do understand. If he is extremely ill, mm-hmm. I could see them being like, he's fine. Yeah. He's just sleeping. He's been <laughs> sleeping yeah. for the last 37 hours and be like, he's really cold. I think he's dead. Okay. So that I do understand. If it is really bad, they will minimize it. Well, but I were, also think the, the White flip House side was is- not, The White House was not going to tell us that they Trump had. had. To. They Eventually it had to come out because Hope Hicks. The flip side- is let's say Donald Trump does get a mild form of COVID. This thing, I mean, I'm not a freaking doctor. Did you know that? But it seems to vary, right? It seems like some people are like, I got a cough for 13 seconds and I'm fine. And then another person ends up on a ventilator. It could work out that he gets a mild form two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. He, See, he could, I did yeah. it. Yeah. And so you never know. Politics in this country flip on a dime. And I don't know who's still undecided. We're going to talk about what's going on with voting polling stations uh, here in a minute. But it is possible if it is a weak form that he just says he conquered it. And the one thing is that I will agree with, and this is not a conspiracy. This is just how this is going to roll out. His campaign is going to minimize it no matter what it is. Absolutely. So we mentioned what's going on with the military as well. And the October surprises continue to come. And what is more horrific then, quote, doomsday planes. Isn't that nice? Did you have that on your 2020 bingo? Doomsday planes? Honestly, when they were talking about... <laughs> I remember, we started the year with almost going to World War Three with we had Iran, a, so it was not that far off my bingo scorecard. We started this year... Yeah, we had that, which was never going to happen. That was just media <laughs> creation nonsense. Then we had impeachment, which right. was more media-created nonsense, right. because, of course, that was never going to go anywhere. And then we had COVID, and it's just, wow. Okay, so now the U.S., after uh, Trump's announcement of having COVID, uh, the U.S. has deployed doomsday planes in the air. They did this just before the announcement. So shortly before the news broke Friday that U.S. President Donald Trump and the First Lady had tested positive for COVID, two doomsday planes uh, were deployed by the American Navy. They're called E-6B Mercury Now, why are these doomsday plans? Well, evidently, they're able to withstand a nuclear blast, they're able to withstand an asteroid blast, and they're able to uh, withstand terror attacks, and they're able to stay airborne for days without refueling. And this is a real plane, not from like the MCU, uh, because you're describing a plane that can survive an atomic blast? Yes, and just like (laughs) hang out in the sky like it's some sort of supervillain that Superman has to destroy. Okay. Earlier in the day, this is on Friday, a Hawaii-based open-source intelligence practitioner, Tim Hogan, predicted that military planes would turn up if Trump tested positive. Uh, This is according to a tweet of his. He says, there's an E-6B Mercury off the East Coast near D.C. I looked because I would expect him to pop up if he tests positive. It's a message to the small group of adversaries with SLBMs and ICBMs, of course, uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles. So basically, this is us waving our dick around being like, yes, we're sick, but we've still got the big stick. So these planes were manufactured by Boeing for the U.S. Navy. The E-6B Mercury is a four-engine plane that is particularly resistant to electronic warfare and electromagnetic pulse generated by nuclear blasts. They carry special communication systems and the crew commanding the Navy's Ohio-class nuclear ballistic missile submarines. So basically, these planes are like, yo, there's something up here. We don't like it. 
they call up their little ship in the sea, and that ship is full of nukes, and then we have a real war on our hands. I'm just really amazed that Boeing can make an atomic blast-proof plane, but can't keep a passenger plane, like a Boeing 747, full of... Actual, just human civilian lives. They can't keep that in the sky. But they should they focus can, on that. They should probably focus on the passenger side. Maybe kinda. focus on both. Yeah. I know the last time I was on a Boeing, uh, it was a Delta flight, and uh, it was literally held together by duct tape. There was duct I mean, it was just kind of, it, it is, was the facade of it that was held maybe together Maybe it doesn't by duct tape. fly super great, but if a meteor hit it, it would be totally fine. Totally fine. So the two E6Bs were seen on a flight tracking system 30 minutes before Trump made his announcements. And again, this is more indication that it's real, that he has COVID. I don't think we just, the military doesn't just like do these things. I've heard they're pretty serious people. So more indication of the severity of what we're going through right now as a country. So this could be uh, construed as a sign of defense and preparedness for any eventuality. Uh, This is according to 12-foot skeleton on Twitter. She says, the nuke planes are now flying on both coasts. Tim called the positive test announcement when when he saw these. When he saw these up, what a warning to send. And then she says, this year, though, lol. (laughs) Okay, wow. So there you go. That's my tweet of the day from 12-foot skeleton. It's a woman, Shannon M. Sterone. Powerful. Isn't that nice? So. Anyway, something that is something that's absolutely fascinating that I didn't hear on uh, the mainstream media. Don't you think Pence is like really biting at the champ to to become president? Like I think that this has been his plan the entire time. His entire time, right? Because he has been a like weirdly servile vice president to Trump. Like weirdly, like he is reek from Game of Thrones. And I think it is all just a long play. Keep your head low and wait for Trump to like actually die of something that he caused. I I really think this might be some Mike Pence master plan stuff. Maybe Pence started the entire thing. That's a joke, folks. He didn't. (laughs) Equipped with airborne launch control systems, the ALCS, they are activated when it is considered necessary to communicate with the U.S. Navy's nuclear missile submarines, stealth bombers, and missile silos. So those are up there. Those are flying around. Again, it's the E6B Mercury planes. I don't know, man. It's it's freaking crazy. This is like insane. We have a presidential election. We have a SCOTUS seat needing to be filled. We got planes up in the sky that can be there for days and days and survive a nuclear blast. The president's in the hospital. I don't, this is like, you know, is this month? This year is sponsored by Xanax. I mean, this is one of the strangest times. Our like the our national security hangs by a thread that is covering the revolting ass of Donald Trump. If in a, a big hospital. butt does him in, that'll be. I'm I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> he he has all of. I mean, he's let's let's just take an accurate medical snapshot here. He is 74 years old. He is. Going on 265 pounds, I would say he was. I mean, he we, he won't reveal his actual weight and height. By the way, well, he it's dictates just, he, his medical. He likes big butts, but he is old. He is large, and he eats like a seventh grader. <laughs> well, that's the only thing I like about him. All right. Also, just lastly, here before we move on and talk about voter suppression and uh, what's happening in Texas, Marcus Park should come on the show. By the way, and tell us uh, he wants to report back from Lubbock. Apparently Lubbock, it's being extra Lubbock. Bit of a 
bit of a hellscape. It's sort of to be expected, though. I would almost feel worse if Marcus reported back being like, yeah, there are a bunch of hippies now. Rainbow flags are everywhere. I'd be like, what's going on with Lubbock? Uh, at least they're consistent. Yeah. Baba Vongo, that was a <laughs> blind mystic, Baba Vongo. Uh, she is said to have predicted Donald Trump was going to get sick, but I just want to say this. Baba is also known as the Nostradamus of the Balkans. Uh, she foretold that the U.S. president would suffer, quote, a mysterious illness, but we know exactly what he's suffering from. She is dead. Um, despite dying 23 years ago, Baba Vanga is said to have paranormal powers and the ability to see into the future. According to the blind Balkan woman, uh, when do you think the universe will end? The year 5079. You didn't know that? You probably should know that. Well, I wonder so, what that will mean for the Supreme Court in that year. I don't know. <laughs> right? Be Ruth Bader Ginsburg's, like, <laughs> whatever, like, hologram. Temporal form. Yes. Right before her death, at the age of 85, she made a series of predictions for the year 2020. And what did she say? According to one of Baba Vanga's prophecies, the 45th president of the United States would succumb to an unknown disease at some point in the near future. The ailment would leave the leader, President Trump, with hearing loss, tinnitus, and brain trauma, which maybe at this point, could maybe that would even help a little bit. You know what's bit. weird is that that blind mystic is the same person who gave Reagan a colonoscopy. Isn't that yep. something? <laughs> well, uh, so Donald Trump, he's struggling to breathe and stuff like that. So some people are like, Baba Vanga, she nailed it 23 years <laughs> ago. Way to go, Baba This Ganga. is, again, according to Twitter. <laughs> she says, uh, this is according to one tweet. He says, if Baba Gamba was right. I'll eat my hat. <laughs> so that's one tweet. And then a third Twitter uh, tweet response said, Trump t- tested positive for COVID-19. Baba Vanga prediction strikes once more. In 1989, the prediction, she said, horror, horror. The American brothers will fall after being attacked by the steel birds, which I'm assuming she meant was planes. Um, Sounds like she was just in the Taliban. Uh, well, it, it was also translated to interpret the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. Um, Because in her 1989 prediction, she said, horror, horror, the American brothers will fall after being attacked by steel birds. She didn't know what planes were. Um, But that's okay. This is like a cave woman. Yes. uh, She died in 1996. Uh, She also correctly uh, predicted a number of key events in world history, including Brexit and the rise of ISIS. Um, She also predicted that story about the guy who finds one crisp in a bag. Well, Baba Baba Vanga also predicted there would be a nuclear war in the years 2010 to 2014, but uh, but that didn't happen. Looks like she's just kind of throwing whatever against the (laughs) wall and seeing something sticks. But anyway, that's Baba Vanga for you. (laughs) Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, well, let's talk about something extremely real. 
which is voter suppression. Two different kinds of voter suppression, as a matter of fact. One happening in Texas and one happening in Pennsylvania. Let's start with Pennsylvania, actually, because I think that this story deserves a lot more attention. The Green Party, Green Party's candidate uh, for president, did not strictly follow procedures for getting onto the Pennsylvania ballot in November, and so he will not appear on it. Now, I believe that this is nothing more than voter suppression. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Third parties are not spoilers. It is up to you as a candidate to win the vote of the American people. And if the Democrats are so scared of having the Green Party on the ticket, get a better platform. Mm. So this is what's happening right now in Pennsylvania. Howie Hawkins sounds like he would be a great linebacker. He's the Green Party's presidential nominee. Uh, The court is a five to two Democratic majority. They reversed the ruling by a Republican judge in a lower court on his candidacy. All five Democrats on the court joined the majority opinion. The court's two Republicans agreed the Green Party did not meet the law's requirements, but in a dissenting opinion said it might be possible to allow the Green Party to fix it retroactively. Basically, this is just clerical error. And as someone who ran for office, there's a lot of clerical work you have to do. So Democrats have long gone to court to keep the Green Party candidates off the ballot. It's the exact same thing that Cuomo did with the Working Families Party in New York, in New York State. So these people, they want to hold on to power so damn bad, and they are so scared of these small parties that maybe represent true values of what they are pretending to represent, uh, that they kick them off of ballots, which is, in my personal opinion, voter suppression. We'll talk about Texas here in a second. In this case, Democratic Party activists challenged what they said were disqualifying irregularities with the Green Party after they filed affidavits for their presidential candidate that is supposed to accompany paperwork with at least 5,000 voter signatures to get on the ballot. Initially, Green Party officials faxed in an affidavit of candidacy for a placeholder candidate under whose normal candidacy the party gathered the signatures by the August 3rd deadline. It was submitted separately from the voter signature paperwork, which was delivered by hand. So that's all just clerical bullshit. Super boring to even talk about. Basically, they didn't do it quite right. Hawkins also submitted his affidavit to take the place of the placeholder candidate, a routine procedure used by third parties given the necessity of gathering signatures before the party formally nominates a candidate. Extremely common. But the court ruled that the law requires an original copy of the affidavit to be submitted with the signature paperwork. This is just complete bureaucratic BS. So this is according to Larry Otter, the lawyer handling the case for the Green Party. He says, and the court said, facts is not good enough. So I guess you have to pony express it. Mm. It's got to be delivered by hand and you've got to look them in the eyes and shake them with his right hand. Make sure you take off your glove. He goes on to say they need the original. The faxed affidavit wasn't discovered until August 25th after the Green Party officially emailed a state election official to inquire about it. Um, so basically, it was just it was just a clerical mistake. And also, it's possible they just changed the, these rules and didn't really let anybody know. So the resolution of the case is the last thing holding up counties from getting ballots printed and mailed to register voters who have applied for one. So they got to get this figured out so people can get their ballots because the whole thing is being held up by the Green Party and people aren't able to get their ballots at all. That is extremely bad. Governor Tom Wolf's administration said it had certified the ballot and notified the the counties. Polls showed tight race between Trump and Biden in Pennsylvania, of course, PA, 
was where uh, Hillary Clinton really dropped the ball, uh, <laughs> losing there by less than one percentage point. And of course, the Green Party's nominee, Jill Stein, she drew slightly more than 49,000. And I don't blame, as I've said before, I don't blame Jill Stein. I don't blame Gary Johnson. Get the frickin' vote out and go visit the people of Pennsylvania if you want to get their vote. No Democrat has won the presidency without winning Pennsylvania since Harry Truman in 1948. But I say more people on the ballot, the better. And let the American people have a frickin' decision. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have voter suppression coming from Texas. So Governor Abbott... He has limited counties to one mail-in ballot drop-off location. It's a mailbox, right? Yes. So there's one mailbox in these places. This is in Dallas County. Dallas County has only one drop-off location. Again, we're supposed to have a lot of people mailing in their ballots, you know, because of this little pesky thing called I think, COVID. I think this is the county that's like the size of Rhode Island. It's Texas is... I, it, did you guys hear everything is bigger in Texas? Everything is, including their county. So yes. it's like you have to drive... You you possibly have to drive like 50 miles in one direction to get to, to this, go to the mailbox to this ballot location Jeez. so democrats have said that abbott's move amounts to voter suppression in the midst of this pandemic this is according to houston mayor sylvester turner he called abbott's order quote a direct attempt at voter suppression uh turner obviously a democrat said the state should quote should be focused on making voting more accessible and stop trying to create obstacles and distractions with unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud. And Abbott, of course, responds with a press release of his own saying that uh, this is to enhance, quote, ballot security protocol. Uh, This is what he had to say. He says the state of Texas has a duty to voters to maintain the integrity of our elections. Uh, The statement continues, as we work to preserve Texans' ability to vote during the COVID-19 pandemic, we must take care to strengthen ballot security protocols throughout the state. These enhanced security protocols will ensure greater transparency and will help stop attempts at illegal voting. And again, just so you all remember, illegal voting doesn't happen. Voting barely happens, let alone illegal voting. So they're also saying this is to protect the ballot box. Um, Isn't it easier to have uh, corruption or let's just say a terror attack or why can't you just blow up one mailbox? I know, right? Couldn't you just go and just like blow up a mailbox then and be like, well, that was it. We got rid of all the ballots. Election's over. Election is done. This is according to Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo, which is Carolina's last name. That's right. She's a Democrat who tweeted this on Thursday. She says, Harris County is bigger than the state of Rhode Island, and we're supposed to have one site. Think honestly, think about that. That is freaking insane. You think the line at at freaking for Whopper Wednesday at Burger King is long is long. This is going to be a nightmare. She goes on to say this isn't security. It's suppression. Mail ballot voters shouldn't have to drive 30 miles to drop off their frickin' ballot. I added the word frickin' or rely on a mail system that's facing cutbacks. So GOP, of course, they love this step. This is according to Senator Ball Betancourt. Of course, he's a he's a local uh, senator there. He says, I laud Governor Abbott for taking the action to make it clear to the Texas public election administrators and county clerks that when the app that when absentee ballots are delivered, they can be observed by poll watchers mm-hmm. of both parties. We're going to talk about what a poll watcher is here in a second. He goes on to say it is essential that the public be able to trust in the integrity of the election system as a former elections official. It is bewildering to me that any county clerk would re would resist having poll watchers present to watch election officials 
do their job under the Texas election code. So election poll watchers. Now, what is a poll watcher? Some of you might think, oh, a poll worker. No, usually that's somebody who is elderly, who is just doing their civil civil duty and who are wonderful people. Poll watchers are oftentimes used for voter intimidation. So we have two things happening in Texas, voter suppression, which without a doubt is one ballot, one mailbox for a county the size of Rhode Island. And then a poll watcher is somebody that can be dressed fully in MAGA or theoretically Biden gear. They could be armed. Most likely they will be be in Texas. A Biden Antifa super soldier waiting for you. But no, what what realistically is going to happen, you're going to drive 30 miles to this ballot mailbox location and it'll be a guy in a Hawaiian t-shirt carrying an assault rifle. And it reminds me if you've ever uh, had, uh, Eddie actually did this, Ed Larson from the brighter side and round table of gentlemen. He, uh, walked with one of his friends to the to a to a clinic an abortion clinic mm-hmm. of course there's a lot of people outside the protest uh, they do this 24/7 as from as soon as the the clinic opens and again these clinics don't just do abortion um but this is their main focus and they scream at these young girls who are going through uh what they're going through that's basically what a poll watcher does um but in a political sense and so they will let you know what they think and without a doubt could suppress some more of the vote in Texas. Now, Texas was seemingly going purple. A lot of people were like, can Biden flip it? The polling data hasn't really shown that uh, to come at this point, maybe at some point in the future. But again, uh, Marcus being our Texas voice on the ground, he doesn't seem too confident uh, that Texas will be going blue or purple really anytime soon. This is according to Francisco Canseco, in his statement, uh, he's the director of the Texas Public Policy Foundation's Election Protection Project. Rolls off the tongue. Right. Texas Public Policy Foundation's Election Protection Project. He says, as serious allegations have surfaced recently showing the risk of unsecured ballot drop locations, it is more crucial than ever to provide Texas voters with confidence that their vote, whether cast in person or by mail, will not be tampered with by illegal actors. Today's proclamation by Governor Abbott is a strong stand for ballot security and integrity that will bolster trust in our state's election systems. Again, that is the line that they are saying. And the fact of the matter is, uh, when you don't have the, when you don't have access, you don't have the vote. And what they're doing is limiting access in a lot of these neighborhoods are Latino neighborhoods, poorer neighborhoods. Those people deserve the right to vote. And most folks don't have the time to drive 30 miles, not to mention the time, the gas money, the car. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is basically, for all intents and purposes, a poll tax. Absolutely. Right. I mean, so if, if you feel like, man, why is it so hard to get my vote out? Absolutely. Like, oh, it's, it's completely on purpose. Why is it hard for me to exercise my constitutional right to vote? Again, this is not a privilege. This is a right. Former uh, Democratic congressman and U.S. Senate candidate Beto O'Rourke, uh, this is what he had to say. He says, this is voter suppression on steroids, and it's happening right now in Texas. He noted that Abbott's move comes, quote, at the same time that Donald Trump is slowing down U.S. mail, making it a little bit more precarious to send in that ballot by mail. Uh, Wesley Story, that's a communications manager at Progress Texas, said in a press release that, quote, there is no legitimate reason to close satellite drop-off locations, going on to say this is a blatant attempt by Governor Abbott 
to suppress voters because the Texas GOP is afraid of the ballot box. Yeah. Harris- Every, everything feels uh, very desperate it on really, the conservative side. Well, and then, of course, you have, as we talked, so it's like the green, these two parties, the binary, and I'm not even doing the whataboutism because I don't believe, you know, what, whatever. Um, but we just see this happening time and time again yeah. with the binary powers that be. But I, I mean, I really do feel like this time they can see they can see Trump losing more easily and the the bringing out poll watchers and, and Trump. And then the Democrats. Honestly, if you lose to Jill Stein, it's on you. Yeah. And, and but during the debate, Trump was like encouraging people to come out because they have. Well, a, he made up all those stories about them being found in yes. rivers and stuff. Yes. The Wisconsin River that they could not name. What are they talking about? But, uh, you know, the fact that Trump is encouraging like freelance poll watchers to come out wink wink because the the Kyle Rittenhouse the poll watchers are actually like hired uh by certain political parties in a state and also why do we need someone to watch the polls you don't but you go put the put it in and then have you ever taken anything out of a mailbox you it's 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 easier to take that gold cube out of the little circle in that game that they play some places. It is ridiculous. Nobody votes, but yeah. let alone illegally votes. But I think I think this is very. This is like the most uh, concerted effort to get people out there to intimidate voters. This okay. is this is in my you know recent memory. Again, this is according to Wesley Story. He's the communications manager at Progress Texas. He goes on to say, Harris County alone has close to 5 million residents. And to suggest that one drop-off site is sufficient is complete nonsense. Our voters uh, matter now more than ever, and politicians cannot be allowed to stop Texas voters from casting their election ballots. Uh, 5 million people, one mailbox. It is absolutely so transparent. This is just as bad as what we saw in Georgia with Brian Kemp being in charge of the voter rolls, purging tens and thousands of people that he didn't think were going to support him. This is like... uh, This is classic. This is like Debbie does Dallas, but Debbie is a mailbox. Yes, this is according to Texas Democratic Party spokesperson Abby Rahman. Uh, They say uh, Republicans are on the verge of losing, so Governor Abbott is trying to adjust the rules last minute. Courts all over the country, including the Fifth Circuit Court yesterday, have held that it is too late to change election rules but our failed Republican leadership will try to do so anyway. Dallas's county, Dallas County's mail-in ballot drop-off location will remain, interestingly enough, at 1520. Where do you think it is? What road do you think it is on? 1520? 1520. What's the name of the road? It's, it has something to do with the last podcast network. Oh, um, uh, Failure Ave. <laughs> no. <laughs> Roundtable Drive. Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so it's 1520 Roundtable Drive. Uh, that is the only place you can drop off your ballot in Texas. So Pennsylvania, they don't they they got rid of your Green Party for you, just like they did with the Working Families Party in New York. And in Texas, they're going another route by making it almost impossible to cast your mail-in ballot. And just lastly, my God, what an episode we have uh, today. What well, we've, we've had. <laughs> well, we oh, certainly yeah. have had one. We've definitely had one. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Trump taxes. Well, a we, lot of people thought this was going to be the October, the October surprise. surprise. And then what happened right after the, uh, what, what happened right after oh. the tax thing, Melania reveals that she's the Grinch. 
and oh says that she God, hates Christmas. That's right. <laughs> and we thought that was going to be the October surprise. For those that don't know, Melania's friend has been recording all of her conversations because they have no real friends and Melania <laughs> is just upset. But she was upset about the children in cages, but she was also more upset that people were bothering her about it. Yeah, and then she wore the jacket that said, like, I don't give a shit, don't talk to me, whatever it said. <laughs> yeah, just talk to the hand, I'm clapping back. But yeah, no, it revealed that Trump doesn't pay a lot in taxes. Trump doesn't pay a lot in taxes. Uh, we still don't know what was legal and what was not legal. Uh, he does always make the point, hey, man, I just have people go through everything with a fine tooth comb. And the one thing that the Trump administration does do is skirt out on hi- having to pay anything uh, to anyone, including people who work on their uh, on their golf courses and things like that. No, if I understand correctly, none of what he did was technically illegal. So it, it's just he it, got people to play the corporate tax loopholes as, systematic, as, as they are written. It's a systematic problem, and he's the one first one to admit it by saying things to Joe Biden in the debate, being like, you had 47 years to fix it, and you didn't fix it. So, of course, I'm not an idiot. I took advantage of it. He paid $750 in taxes in 2016 and 2017. If I told you how much, uh, how much I paid in taxes, you would all cry right now. Um, that is an indicator that we need massive reform in our tax code. And I feel like that conversation is getting lost and people are just like, he didn't pay enough in taxes, but technically he may have done things legally because of course he is a resident of Florida, not of New York. But when it comes to the IRS, death and taxes, those are the only two things that are guaranteed to happen to all of us. The IRS, the government does one thing well and that is get their money. Yeah. And there are two sets of standards that the IRS lives by. The billionaire, millionaire, super wealthy standard multimillionaire, super wealthy standard, and then the every other person standard. So uh, Travis has a few uh, stories from people who got in trouble with the IRS and know none of them are from Wesley Snipes. Uh, He spent three years in the clink. They should have left Blade alone because he did not pay a couple million dollars in taxes. But this is what happens when you mess with the IRS. Well, yeah, I mean, there there really are. If you're like us. There are two standards, as Ben says, you know, millionaires and billionaires get treated differently from regular It's people. almost like they write it and then the politicians just sign the bill. Well, it's just like they write the tax bill and the politicians sign it. They don't seem to bother the millionaire billionaire class, Weird. but they seem hellbent on ruining like working class people's lives over a like a measly sum of money. It's almost like they spent all of their time calling millionaires and billionaires for money for fundraising but by so the way, it's like the, they need them. The reason uh, from what I understand the thing that Trump did a lot with this tax loophole stuff was claiming a bunch of losses for his company. Mm-hmm. And what I don't know what that means. Like <laughs> I failed so we, much, we, I can't pay taxes. Yeah, that's really what he said. But it was like, oh, we spent so much on toilet paper, I can't pay taxes now. Right. I really don't understand it's what... It's a big butt. But, I mean, that's that's the... Once you have these, like, magic tricks for the tax code, I guess you can get away with so much. And that's why Amazon doesn't pay taxes. Yeah. Um, but so here... Are but that's sh- just the luxury of having them come. And be with us. Yes, exactly. Isn't that nice? Thank you. But there, here's a couple stories I found on Discourse blog. Okay. Uh, from real people who have had IRS horror stories. Wanted to share about my mom. She was a real estate agent and mortgage broker for a company that helped her file taxes. But after the crash in 2008, she lost her job and had to freelance many jobs, including cake decorating and cooking. She doesn't speak English and struggled a lot filling out the forms. My brothers and I tried to help, but we are also like 10 to 4... We were also like 10 to 14 at the time and with no internet at home. 
And uh, it's she, also impossible to fill out those forms because it's extremely complex yes. and that's on purpose. So she turned in her taxes and a few weeks later, the IRS took her passport away and claimed she owed them a crazy sum of money. This whole ordeal took like six months to fix. We had to look everywhere for proof of our finances, including store receipts and bank statements. Oh my God. She got her passport back in the end, but the process was super stressful and we all had to go through it for like six months. So yeah, super fucked up how the IRS is a bitch to working class families. They but, just took their passport. <laughs> but let these rich assholes get away with not paying shit. Yeah. So annoying. And here's another one. Uh, I have a true horror story. When I was in fifth grade, uh, in 2004, my parents came into a bunch of money when my dad sold his part of a business in which he was a co-owner. My parents used that money for the down payment on their house and to pay off their debts they had accrued throughout their life. In 2005, they filed their taxes by themselves as they always did and made some mistakes in claiming extra income. The IRS audited them. They couldn't afford a lawyer. My dad was already working two jobs just to keep the lights on. They got fined $30,000, and they've been making payments ever since. And 15 years later, they still nearly owe $30,000 because of interest. Oh, my God. My parents were 33 and 35 at the time when they were audited, and they will likely be paying this down until they retire. Wow. And uh, I have one more for you. Yeah, do one more. Oh, and here's one more. That's the titled, I paid more than our current president despite making less than $10,000. Wow. Uh, When I was fresh out of high school, I got a gig through my drum instructor teaching a high school band's percussion section during marching season. At 18, getting a job teaching music to kids just a couple years younger than me was a dream come true. It wasn't great pay, $1,500 for the season, but it was a lot of fun and I was learning about the field I was interested in, music education. Fast forward two years, and I get a letter from the IRS saying that because I never claimed or paid taxes on that $1,500, <gasps> I, now owe, I now owe almost $900 to them with late fees and interest. $1,500 had been a large sum of money for me at the time, and not much had changed. The solution offered and what I accepted was a forfeiture of my tax refund for the next three years oh as God. interest continued to accumulate. So I guess, at least for that year, I paid more than our current president despite making less than $10,000 while attending a public college and teaching public high school kids how to play drums. Well, there you go. Uh, maybe we, if, if anyone's a tax expert, feel free to email sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com because uh, it's so freaking complex. You literally need a, uh, a degree to figure it out. I definitely out. have spent nights like not being able to sleep because I was so afraid of like the of like doing my taxes wrong right. or like getting sent to prison because of something like this. Yeah, the IRS is not just a bunch of dweebs with pocket protectors. They're like heavily armed militia. And they so, know and they will bust down your the, door and arrest you. Know, your one ass. of the big reasons that they clamp down on poorer people is because they know they can't defend themselves. Exactly. All right. Well, there you go. So the big news stories, COVID the debate looks like the next debate will be canceled, but we'll have the VP debate, which is definitely going to have a little bit more significance than most Veep debates, given the age of the two people running at the top of the ticket. And uh, and then, of course, we have uh, taxes and things like that. So, all right, everyone. Well, and, and don't forget, there, we got some military planes up in the sky that can survive a nuclear attack. So there's going to be a, like a it's like a it's like a Twilight Zone episode if the nukes go off and then it's just yeah. the whole world has next to be time, seated by four <laughs> air airplane pilots. The next time I get on a plane, I'm going to ask, hey, can this survive a nuclear blast? I think you might get kicked yeah, off. I think so. Yeah, for sure. OK, everyone. Hope you're doing all right out there. Keep on trucking along. We'll get through all of this stuff together. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>